best about the business side of the food service industry. You make food, then let us help you make money too. Want to connect with us? Check us out at Make Food Make Money on Instagram or Facebook. Or email us, info at businesschef.org. Hello and welcome back to the Business Chef Podcast as we continue our conversation with Mr. Rob Gephardt. He is the man, the myth, the legend. The guy's amazing, has done a lot of things and has a lot of knowledge to bring to the table. So we have been talking a little bit about employee engagement. We, in our first part, talked a lot about hospitality and hospitality principles and and bringing those principles not only to the market but to other markets or other businesses that we might be involved in and being able to do that becoming the person that is hospitable and as we become that person man we're able to really train and coach and, and develop others to to use those principles so in this part, we're going to jump more into the how-to, the nuts and bolts of really what it takes to engage our employees and keep them around longer. So Rob, let's jump into a little bit about kind of really what it takes. What does it take to, to engage our employees? What does it take for them to feel like they're valued and needed and wanted what does it take for this new generation of employee to you know in this new environment to really thrive what do they need from us um, as employers so like two two critical pieces the training piece uh, and then and then reward and recognition so training when somebody is joining your company, uh, you need to take the time to complete a proper onboarding uh, to make sure that they uh, not only are welcomed into the company, regardless of the size, it could be you know 10 people, it could be 10,000, you, you need to make them feel welcomed. Then you need to make sure they have the tools that they require to be successful. And so the training component sometimes is lost because it's so um, kind of reactionary. We need to fill a role. We need to put somebody in there. We'll teach them along the way. And unfortunately, what happens is while the intentions may be good, the teaching never comes, right? And, and if it does, it's kind of dribs and drabs. It's little pieces. It's, it's as kind of as needed. And the end of the day, that employee, their experience joining your organization wasn't wasn't positive. And most likely, the ongoing feeling they have is nobody really cares, right? There's really not a lot of focus placed on me and this particular role. Now, for some positions, I'm, I'm sure that there is greater focus placed, but it needs to be for every position. It needs to be every single person on your team. And then, and then the reward and recognition, right? Employees today, um, 
beyond just the paycheck, want to feel like they are part of something, and they want to be acknowledged for the work that they're doing. So, you know, looking at little ways, and it doesn't always have to be a monetary, you know, thank you for doing that, here's an extra $100, $500, whatever the case might be, but a simple thank you. Uh, you know, a, a handwritten note, uh, you know, maybe some kind of, uh, you know, uh, some swag if your business has that, you know, a hat or a shirt or something. Just, hey, you know, we had a really, really busy week, a really tough week, and you know, you really stepped up and, and, and helped us out. Just a little thank you, you know, or, or a team member who's been, really been putting in some serious overtime maybe and missing out on some family events. Hey, you know, here's a gift card. Take your, take your wife, your kids out to dinner, right? Little tokens of appreciation um, actually, you know, help that, that retention piece because employees who feel like they're part of something and feel like their employer cares about them are less likely to start to look, right? As soon as you have somebody starting to look for a, another job, uh, you've pretty much lost them. They may come in every day for work, but they're not focused on, on the best, delivering the best job that they can. But once you have them, uh, their focus changes, and and now the output, right? The 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 efficiencies that they can that they can deliver, the productivity, all of that starts to increase. But it's all it's all about that engagement, and then building that community. And this is what we hear a lot from you know kind of the uh, call it the up and coming generation, those who are graduating college today. The college environment has turned into this community environment. There's so much happening to build that sense of community that that is exactly what they're looking for when they go to work. Again, it's beyond the paycheck. Am I really contributing to a, a, a cause that I believe in or, or delivering something that is important to me? And does, it, does my employer take the time to recognize that and kind of build that sense of community uh, when I go into work every single day? So I think those are the the, the two areas that I would say – any employer, regardless of size, again, really should focus on uh, if they if they want to not only attract but certainly retain um, the talent that they have. So this is another one I think that is not quite cut and dry um, when it comes to how we hire or who we hire, because there are certain jobs that are going to require a higher level of skill initially that you're not going to be able to put just a, you know, a first time employer or, or a new employee in that role without a certain level of understanding or skill, you know, IE management and supervisor positions. They're going to have to have a certain depth of knowledge to really, you know, step into that and be, be successful. But in your mind, just, you know, let's just say generally speaking, is it better to initially hire employees that have a ton of experience and a lot of knowledge and bring a lot to the table? Or is it better to hire those people that are maybe a little bit more moldable that have not had the experience that somebody else has, but really have the attitude and the desire and the passion, you know, just generally speaking, what what do you choose i think for i think for each situation you know there's probably an argument you know either way uh, but uh, generally speaking i would much rather hire somebody who demonstrates the passion and the desire um, and perhaps lacks some of the the technical training uh, or perhaps even years of experience uh, because, you know, unfortunately sometimes people come with a lot of baggage and while on paper or, or just based on their professional uh, resume, you know, seem to have it all, um, there are, you know, sometimes challenges with that. 
and there's a lot of good people and listen i would you know i would say i hope i would never be discounted for you know having a strong resume and, and coming forward to, to to look for a job but at the end of the day if i can find somebody especially at an entry-level position who genuinely wants to be there right and is going to make that effort every single day and is is striving to get better and to learn that's the kind of employee that that i really want to have and the other part of the kind of the employee journey, if you will, is, is you know, in addition to training, the onboarding, all of that, you need to have succession plans. I think, you know, in the past, um, you know, as, as a chef, I can say this, right, there was always this a little bit of level of secrecy, right? Uh, we can't share too much because that person is going to try to take my job. And you saw this time and time again. You know, if you, if you were fortunate enough to work with a, a fantastic chef who had an open book and just shared everything, you were very lucky. A lot of times you would get just enough to be successful for that day or for that week or for that menu cycle, but you wouldn't get everything. And succession planning um, isn't about somebody taking your job. It, you know, it's about being, uh, as, a, as, a, as a trained chef, right, a good mentor and a good coach. And quite honestly, if, if somebody could fill my role, um, that, that's great satisfaction because that meant that I had done my job. I had, I had taught that person well. And listen, we're never, you know, we're not going to be around forever. We always kind of use this, you know, I don't like to say get hit by the bus, but, you know, they win the lottery. Any day something can happen to the person above you. And if you don't have a succession plan to fill that spot, there's a gap all of a sudden. There's this void that has to be filled. And there is you know, uh, uh, perhaps a uh, an opportunity for things to, you know, derail, right? So a well-oiled machine that all of a sudden loses one spoke is, is not balanced anymore. And so now you're, you're running off course. So if you can build a succession plan for every single person from day one, the day your dishwasher, your line cook, or, or your, you know, the, the gourmanger team or whoever it is joins your organization, what's your plan to backfill their role when they move out? And, and, the idea is that they should all be moving up in the organization. Um, that is another way to attract and retain talent is for them to see that there's per career opportunity and progression within your organization. And if you can demonstrate that to a, a new employee, they're also more likely to stay with you for much longer because it's no longer seen as a dead-end job. I, I have no opportunities to move. Uh, advancement is very important. I mean, we've all probably experienced that, right? We've always been looking for something as professionals to kind of strive to. And we need to think about the same thing for anybody entering an organization, regardless of what level they're coming in at. Man, good, good stuff in there. You know, I kind of want to, I want to switch gears here a little bit and, and kind of point something out that, and this is going to make me sound like a cranky old man, but you know, what, from my experience recently is, is a lot of people that are coming to apply for jobs and that are looking to get into this industry just they man they lack basic life skills they you know the it used to be that you showed up for a job in a in a suit and tie or you at least dressed up a little bit you acted like you cared <laughs> you you know it just seems like a lot of people these days are missing just some very very fundamental fundamental things you know sh you know dress up show up on time uh be professional look people in the eye shake hand like there's just certain things that that kind of from a cultural standpoint or, or whatever um 
you know, we're, we're kind of missing. And I don't know, you know, obviously you, you're in the hiring game too. What are you seeing out there? Yeah, that is a struggle. And, you know, we see the same really regardless of, of the position that, that we're hiring for. You know, it could be uh, somebody, you know, at, at one of our reception desks or a mailroom clerk or or even a facility manager. Uh, there, there clearly is a, uh, I, I guess, a, a lack of um, knowledge or understanding that, you know, there, there are certain expectations and we have, I think culturally we've, we've moved into a, a more relaxed state. I mean, I think that even what we're seeing in the workplace, right, the, the kind of the, the allowance of the, the casual Friday all day long or all week long, uh, you know, has become the norm. And so, and of course, you know, companies, you know, large tech companies that kind of thrive on that type of culture uh, have created some of that for us. And so we're, we're finding that even in, you know, businesses like banking or pharmaceuticals where, you know, healthcare, there had been a much more conservative and traditional look, even, even that is, is kind of being in, impacted by, by, and I don't even say just the generation, but certainly kind of the, the younger workforce that uh, that's coming in today. So I think training, you know, understanding that uh, you know you, you need to demonstrate a, a professional uh, appearance and and uh, approach when you're trying to you know win a job, right? When you're trying to uh, convince somebody to hire you over you know a, a ten other potential candidates you need to set yourself apart right you need to you need to have something memorable about you and it shouldn't be that you have you know purple hair uh you know and and came in you know with a you know life's good t-shirt or something that it, it needs it needs to be that that you demonstrated you know an understanding that this is a you know kind of a serious occasion and and you know you came prepared uh, not only in in uh, preparation for the conversation but also in your in your appearance so that that is absolutely something that has to be, uh, I think, continually reinforced. And then, of course, you know, what's happening today with, with technology and, you know, again, the younger generation so accustomed to um, using, um, you know, text messages and, 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 and IMs and other types of chat forum versus a phone conversation and let alone kind of a direct, you know, direct face-to-face conversation. When it comes time to actually have that interview face-to-face, um, there's, you know, uh, there's a little bit of fear that's there. They're, they're, they're not accustomed to that. And so I think, you know, all schools, and I know a lot, you know, do certainly through public speaking courses and things like that, but they really need to make sure that um, they're, they're teaching and, and training uh, anybody who's going out on an interview um, to kind of, you know, conduct themselves in a certain way. Well, I, for one, have, have gotten a lot out of this. I, uh, man, I'm, I'm just incredibly grateful for your time and for you sharing your knowledge and, and your experience in this because you uh you've got a lot of it <laughs> and uh yeah if if somebody hears this and they go man this guy knows his stuff i want to i want to connect with him what's a good way to learn more about you and what you're doing or connect with you 
Yeah, well, I mean, or, uh, you know, you can learn certainly more about JLL at JLL.com um, if you're interested, or, uh, you know, I'm on LinkedIn, so anybody who wants to connect with me, um, as I said earlier, you know, I, I kind of pride myself on having a great network and, you know, continue to look for, uh, you know, individuals to do, join that uh, because I think that, you know, learning is a two-way street, so it's not only about, you know, what I've, what I've shared today, but, um, you know, the opportunity to, uh, to learn and grow from others. So, uh, yeah, I certainly would welcome um, any invites that, uh, that you want to send my way. Uh, I, am on, uh, I am on LinkedIn, Robert Gebhardt, so look me up. Well, thank you so much again for your time. And for all those out there listening, I would definitely say go connect with Robert because he does have a wealth of knowledge and he does have a great network. And, man, just being a part of that is, uh, is an honor. So uh, you never know. You never know what you're going to learn from people. You never know what what experiences they're going to bring to the table. And building your network continually is something that we can all be better at and we can all do uh, on a continual basis. So thank you to Robert for being here. Um, what can I say? It truly is a war on talent out there. We're not necessarily getting a lot more people coming into the industry, but we are we're stealing and... <laughs> and recruiting away from other employers and uh and that's just the reality there really is a war on talent so thank you robert for giving us some insights on how we can further win that war and continually try to uh, hire and retain our our, be- our best and brightest when it comes to employees thank you everybody for listening and we'll check you check in with you next week Or email us, info at businesschef.org.